Hello and welcome to the Digital Insight, the technology and supply chain podcast that delivers valuable C-level perspective into the core issues surrounding business transformation and digital disruption. Each episode will bring you the most inspiring executive insights from those leading transformation strategies within the world's biggest and best-known companies. The Digital Insight. Disrupt. Transform. Evolve. Welcome to the Digital Insight the official podcast series for Interface and CPO Strategy magazines. Today, we're joined by Neil Hart, Head of Productivity and Programs at CSI, an award-winning cloud services provider with local, regional, and global reach, which helps its clients securely take their critical business applications to the cloud. This is Neil Hart at CSI. I'm uh, the Head of Enablement in the company, which really is a a middle ground between strategy and uh, an execution. So we take the, the, the company strategy, which is very much around um, digital transformation and using uh, utility or cloud computing um, and taking it to the market in a way that makes sense for our client base, uh, because not everybody is approaching the cloud in the same way. Uh, and we need to be quite flexible in the way that we take uh, our offerings to market. And, and in terms of, I mean, it might sound an obvious, uh, an obvious thing, but in terms of companies that haven't yet made that migration, I mean, you know, what, what are they missing out on, if you like? Well, I think the traditionally, oh, I use traditionally for something that's only been around for a few years. But the, the, the starting point generally is is a, a cost saving. You know, we, we look at companies having, you know, three or four major outcomes that they might want: grow the business, save money, innovate faster, and protect either protect data, reputation, um, or the, the company. And the initial one has generally been to save money. Traditional on-premise data centers require CapEx investment. Um, you have to buy equipment. You have to run them in a data center and pay for electricity and power operations and so on. And the offer of cloud computing or utility is you use what you need and you only pay for what you use. Um, the, the parallel with electricity or water at home is not entirely true but it's that's the idea you you don't pay for a you don't you, you don't pay a lot to the water company if you don't turn the taps on once you pay turn the tap on you start paying and that's the the dream i guess of utility computing or cloud computing that you you break away from the capex investment and it and it's quite inflexible you know if you run out of capacity with an on-premise data center you have to buy some more equipment from IBM or HP or whoever it might be. And that takes weeks, probably months to arrive, to be unpacked and put into the system and so on. Whereas with cloud, if you need some more, you just start paying for some more. So that flexibility um, is is very much the what people are after. But it starts off usually about trying to save money. And, and in terms of uh, an enterprise's journey to the cloud, what are the kind of distinct stages, you know, if, if I was to come to CSI with a desire to um, to migrate to the cloud, how does it kind of start in real terms? Well, I think the first thing is that an enterprise as a whole doesn't really have a journey to the cloud. Each, each application they run has a separate journey. And we would start really looking at, at the, the inventory of all the applications that a company is running and have a look at, you know, which applications would be quickest to move and easiest to move or which applications would have the biggest uh, benefit from moving. Um, and from that, you'd prioritize 
um, which applications to look at first to take them on the journey. And in sort of in some of the cases you've obviously dealt with, um, what were those initial, you know, what, what might that include in terms of kind of initial applications? Oh, a well-known way of looking at, at splitting applications, what they call systems of record and systems of engagement. And systems of record tend to be, you know, financial systems, um, inventory, you know, the core um, of an organization, systems of engagement, more, you know, what you might, your, your website or um, online ordering systems and so on. So you, you find two distinct um, families of, of applications. Systems of engagement tend to be a bit more easy to move, um, whereas systems of record are, you know, ingrained into the company and are often seen as being risky to move. Not because they're difficult inherently, but if something goes wrong, that you know that is the core of my business. I don't want to mess around with it. Um, often the systems of record may be written in some sort of legacy code. It probably hasn't been touched much for many years. Whereas something like your email system or your uh, your expenses system is probably quite an easy thing to move. It's not really linked into anything else. So. Those two patterns, uh, you know, we, we look at those two families and then look at, you know, email is, is typically one of the very first things that people can move. Um, something like Office 365, many companies are using that. Nobody's really buying their own copies of the Microsoft software, loading it on servers in their own data center, running all their, their email in-house. So, yeah, so that's quite an easy one. And I think it's one because most people will have, a Gmail account or Hotmail or something like that, people can associate quite easily with something like that running in the cloud compared to, say, taking your financial records and putting them in the cloud. I mean, I was, I was, um, and obviously, I guess if you've made the decision, um, partnering is obviously essential as well, isn't it? Choosing the right partner and, and getting the right model for you. Absolutely, because I think in terms of the journey, it's not – and we, we, you know, a lot of people call it a journey because it really is. It's not just a case of saying, let's pick a cloud and just dump the application in there and the, the, the job's finished. You know, I think we, we almost look at it as a, as an analogy of, you know, going on a, on an air, uh, you know, a holiday, you know, you, you pack all your stuff at home, you go and check in, you got some pre-flight checks, you're bored, then you're in flight, you know, you, there's certain things you can do when you've moved and then, you know, carrying on your journey. So at all those points, there's a lot of work that really needs to be done to make sure this is done well. Um, there are security and governance issues. There are cost issues. You know, one of the, the big things with um, moving to the cloud is people assume it's going to be cheaper, which it may be, but only if you optimize your costs. You could actually become more expensive if you don't put in the groundwork earlier on. Uh, and issues of, of governance, policy, being able to prove compliance when you're in the cloud, again, might be slightly different to the way you do it on-premise. So there's quite a lot of, of pre-work to be done um, around um, strategy and policy, um, making sure your software licenses are uh, able to be ported into the cloud because you don't want to be paying twice for on-premise and cloud licensing. But at the same time, you don't want to be paying too many licenses in the cloud or too few. So there's a lot of work to be done to make sure that when you're in the cloud, you've got a, a compliant system that's secure, um, optimized, and performing for your company, you know, for the application that your company wants. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, we're you know we're talking about large amounts of money um, that you know can in some cases be 
be kind of you know channeled in the wrong direction one of the interesting issues with cloud computing is in some ways it's too easy to access so what happens is sometimes what people call shadow it uh, you know non-it controlled spend is very easy to lose control of so individual uh, parts of the company could easily just go and sign up and you you know start buying some compute power literally by putting your credit card in um and the next thing the company as a whole is spending quite a lot of money so individually it looks like small amounts of money but if if the company can gather all those costs together and look at what they're doing then you know it can be more expensive simply because it's easier to access you know when it was everything had to go through the IT department the control was very tight but it wasn't very flexible for the business where now it's almost the pendulum swung the other way where the business has almost too much control for the IT department and the, the costs can get out of control i see and, and in terms of moving from a, a legacy system um, what would you say are sort of commonly the, the biggest challenges that a company like CSI faces and indeed the you know the the client uh, the sort of problems in you know with maybe with the workforce or change management or um, maybe more um, problems with the you know existing infrastructure. One of the first things we would do is, is do that inventory of of infrastructure and assets and see what's there. And quite often, one of the issues could be that the application and the platform they don't look like can be cloudified, if that's a word. Um, the, the code is so old, it's it's not you're not able to upgrade the server because the code might not cope with the new operating system and so on. And that, in a lot of cases, is a reluctance. It doesn't mean it's not possible, but people just feel it might be a bit too much and too difficult, um, which is one of the things that CSI has done, with, especially around the IBM um, power systems, which traditionally have not been in the cloud, and companies feel that you know that, that they'd rather not risk moving but also losing out on the benefits. So having a look at the infrastructure, being able to, take the code and make sure it does work on upgraded high-performance equipment is one thing. Um, the other issue is security is certainly a concern for people, you know, first-time users into the cloud uh, because simply because it's a new world. Um, I think that's becoming less of an issue as people use it more and there are more case studies and use cases. Um, but it's definitely a, a bit of the unknown in terms of security for um, companies who are already using some cloud applications, cost tends to be more of an issue than security because they've already, you know, they've experienced it. I think one of the other issues is what cloud to go to, and, and is it all going to the cloud or only some of it going to the cloud? So we've got the situation where you've got a almost a, a continuum between on-premise, you know, wholly owned capex in your own data center. Um, to a private cloud, which is still dedicated to a single organization, but has some cloud benefits, typically hybrid, which means you've got a bit of both. Uh, public cloud, which would be Microsoft Azure, Amazon AWS, Google Cloud, um, three three of the big ones, um, or multi-cloud, which is a, a term that's increasingly being used because you're using multiple public clouds. So Quite often, a company will, you know, the, the IT department might decide that Microsoft Azure or IBM Cloud is where they want to go, but individual uh, di divisions start using bits of AWS and Google Cloud because it is so easy to do, uh, as I mentioned earlier on. So between private, hybrid, public, m multiple public, 
Um, there's a range of, of choices, and, and that's something that, you know, if you make the wrong choice earlier on, it can have ramifications later. So that would certainly be something that we would be looking at is getting the groundwork done prior to the actual migration itself. Um, I think sometimes people think the migration is the first step. It's pretty, you know, the third or fourth step. Once you've got your governance sorted out, your costing models, um, what are you going to do about data protection in the cloud? How are you going to do your backups and disaster recovery and so on? Uh, and only then would you actually make the migration itself. And um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned earlier um, multi-cloud and hybrid cloud. Certainly a lot of companies seem to be using hybrid cloud, for example, for kind of security reasons, don't they? Certainly the, there's some reasons that you would want to keep certain applications or certain data on-premise. Could be a data sovereignty issue. Uh, could be a, a security. It could even be a perceived security issue. And it may, it may well be that it's not a real problem, but it's, you know, there, there are established policies and it might just make more sense to keep them on premise. Um, but there's even uh, situations where um, I think I, I saw a study the other day, something like 30% of organizations surveyed had actually taken applications that they'd migrated to the cloud. They've taken them back on premise again. What they call uh, application repatriation. So they, they thought it was a good idea to move it to the cloud, but various issues could be cost, could be security, could be availability of skill, uh, could be location of data. Some of those factors will say, you know what, actually, we'll be better off keeping it in house. Um, so I think the, the one thing that makes the journey um, complex is that there's no right answer. You know, per application, per organization, there's going to be a different answer to, you know, should you go cloud? If so, which cloud, to what extent, and so on. In terms of CSI and, and the clients that it works with, are there any sort of particular success stories that, you know, you like to draw on um, when you're speaking to, you know, to new clients? Well, I think what we'd like to do is to talk about a range because we do have um, a range of clients that almost illustrate each of the points. Um, you know, we have a, a born in the cloud bank, which, you know, if you think the financial sector generally, it could be the one of the more conservative in terms of governance and risk and compliance. Uh, but Redwood Bank actually was completely born in the cloud. It's never been on premise. Um, so that's one of the uh, the stories that we would talk about. Um, <clears throat> having the, if you like, one extreme, which is completely cloudified. We've got other clients where the the applications, especially those systems of record, have been running on, you know, very stable IBM systems that all they want is just some flexibility in term, terms of capacity. You know, they, they might have um, annual peaks, you know, so... Um, Company or retail customers will typically have an online peak before Christmas or um, Black Monday or one of those, um, you know, big retail peaks. And they just need some extra uh, capacity for that point and give it back again. Um, so that's more of a hybrid situation. They don't want to do a complete move to the cloud. Uh, we've got others who are really using cloud as, as R&D capacity. Um, and then moving forward into more... Um, Recent technology, things like artificial intelligence or machine learning um, using capacity in the cloud, because typically AI, um, when you're, you're training those machine learning models, you need a huge amount of power. 
But once the model is settled and you just need to use it, you don't need the same power anymore. So the idea of using you know, high-performance compute on a pay-as-you-go basis as a, a way into machine learning is something else that we're looking at. So the, there's a whole range between uh, across sectors and across uses. Um, some um, going, as I say, like Redwood, going you know full fully into the cloud. Um, others not so. And the experience across clouds as well, whether whether it's the CSI Power Cloud, which is largely the IBM based one, IBM Cloud itself, Azure, AWS. You know, there's a, a real range and. A, Again, no real one, no one answer or one uh, fits all. And sort of looking forward a little bit, how do you see trends within technology affecting what CSI offers, for example, over the next sort of two or three years? Certainly, a lot of the the work that we're putting in is around the value added services that wrap the the raw infrastructure. Um, so, if, you know, if it's just compute and storage you want, that you know that's one part of the puzzle. Um, but what about the, the compliance? How do you guarantee compliance? And the one thing, that especially with, with governance, risk and compliance, is not so much being compliant as proving you're compliant. Um, it's quite a big issue. So I think the governance, risk and, and compliance piece is a large part of it. I think a lot around cost optimization and sometimes what they call waste management, you know, people buying some capacity for a given project, the project ends, they forget to shut that piece off and people are still paying for more, paying for that capacity, even though they don't need it. Uh, so I think, you know, the cost pieces is, is a large part of it. Um, and security, again, just protection uh, using, you know, we've got some very clever artificial intelligence driven endpoint security threat protection type of systems. Um, so I think in some ways, a lot of it is similar. In, in concept to what people have been doing for ages around IT, but the way we do it is different because the emphasis is not so much on delivering boxes to the, the door of the client and, and installing them. It's around what are we doing with them? And what we talk about is, you know, the, the technology is the means, but the outcome, the business outcome is really what we're after. Um, and I think we've gone through a period where technology was interesting for technology's sake. But now it's a tool to create a business outcome, whether that is growing the business, rapid innovation, saving money, whatever it might be. I think those those outcomes are, are more to the fore now than they used to be. I think it used to be about technology and now it's about what the technology can do. And what, what, what would you say makes CSI unique in, in kind of what, what it can offer its clients? Well, what we've got is a, a good combination of, of heritage skill, if you like, and, and new skill. So CSI has been around for, for 35 years. It's a long history of um, working with complex application systems, um, primarily a lot of, you know, very strong relationship with IBM. Um, and those are the, the, you know, the systems of record where people are comfortable. And, and CSI has got a long, long history with that. Uh, but also moving into cybersecurity and more of the public cloud um, type of uh, applications is again a skill that we have so the combination i think is what we're looking for and the power cloud itself um csi's own cloud running ibmi and, and aix systems in the cloud which have traditionally not really been open uh, to cloud benefits 
So we found that those um, IBM clients who've been running those systems of record on-premise for so long feel they're getting shut out of getting those um, those cloud benefits. The CSI Power Cloud is a way of, of allowing them access to the cloud world, but without sacrificing that stability that they've had for so long with those IBM systems for their systems of record. But I think that the main things that we see, I think going into the, the journey is really about what are you trying to achieve? What's the outcome going to be? Um, and I think that that is the key. You know, if, if you're looking for the wrong answer, or if you're asking the wrong question, you're likely to get the wrong answer. Um, so if people are saying, um, I want to save money, but then they first go to their systems of record applications, that's probably not the right way around. So upfront, what is the outcome you're looking for? Not Not what is the technology, what's the outcome? I think that's the first thing. Um, and that goes right across the board, even to things like machine learning, where typically it's not a case of here's my data, what can I do with it? It's what business problem have you got? And let's see if we've got the data to solve the problem. So I think that would be the starting point. Growing, saving, innovating, protecting, what is the outcome? Understanding that the journey is is a per application journey, not a, a per company journey. And that it's cyclical. You know, let's say you take one one after the other. Uh, put them into the cloud, understand your costs, understand the security, understand that it's an ongoing um, IT um, experience. The same as it always has been. You know, when it was on premise, you didn't just buy the equipment, put it in the basement and forget about it. Uh, so there's all of that to be done. And I think, you know, ranges of, of what you can do with the applications so, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, some of the applications you might have had on premise and you just shut them down and replace them with a, a cloud application. You know, something like um, Salesforce is a really good example of a CRM system. You know, so that used to be something quite complicated that you had on premise. And now you just shut it off. You pay, I don't know what, per month per user. Um, and you, you have access to that. So you can completely replace. Um, you could just rehost it. You know, so you just move it, or sometimes they call it lifting and shifting. So you just pick up the application, put it into the cloud, but you don't do anything more to it. Or do you completely start redeveloping it with things like uh, microservices and containers um, to take advantage of well, the, the, the flexibility of the cloud? So I think it's very much what, what are you trying to achieve? Um, I think the choice of cloud or multiple clouds is important. And, and seeing that stream going through of, cost control, uh, security, and governance. And I think those those three, you know, go from start to finish. And I think the, I guess the, the, the question might be, then what? You know, you, you've taken everything and you've put it into the cloud. You know, then what are you doing? Um, and then, you know, it really gets, it opens up into things like Internet of Things. You know, so everything is going to start providing data, uh, sensors in cars, anything electronic, mobiles, um, you know, the huge amount of data coming through and, and data is the fuel for machine learning. The more data you throw at an artificial intelligence model, the better it becomes. Um, so I think AI is suited to cloud flexibility. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, if you looked at the, 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 the compute power you need to properly train a machine learning model, you know, it's immense, it's very expensive, but you don't need it forever. Um, which has really sometimes shut this, th that technology off from organizations, you know, 
anything other than an enterprise or a government. Um, you just couldn't afford that kind of compute for a short period of time. Cloud can allow you to do that in a way that you probably couldn't have done in the past. Um, so, you know, I think it's starting off with a very open mind, you know, having a real look at the inventory of applications. What are you trying to achieve? Choosing the right cloud and, and managing the journey all the way through um, and, and, you know, out to the other side where, you know, the, the digital disruption, you know, you're going to get competition from non-traditional competitors. I mean, it's an old example, but Nikon and, and Canon probably didn't expect Apple to sell more cameras than they do. But at, at, at the time they did. Um, so, you know, the, the it's kind of been said a lot, but, you know, if, if, you, if you're not a disruptor, you will be disrupted by someone else. And, and embracing cloud and all of its um, facets allows you that flexibility to be open and move quickly. Um, and I think it's that it's the agility. You can't you can't shut things down. You can't guarantee that you won't be disrupted by a competitor. But the the flexibility that you have to react fast, I think, is is a big uh, change that we've got. So you know, we we look at digital acceleration and digital disruption and digital threat as almost three forces that are you know combining to to push companies forward. And, you know, with, with CSI, with our, our service portfolio and the Power Cloud itself and our partnerships, you know, being able to help companies to respond to those three digital forces. Thank you for listening to the Digital Insight Podcast in association with TheInterface.net and CPOStrategy.com. The Digital Insight is brought to you by B2E Media Limited. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to check out our podcast archive at www.b2e-media.com slash podcast.